From Relay FM, this is The Pan Addict, episode 368. I'm losing my voice, and this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN, Pen Chalet, and Moo. My name is Mike Hurley, apparently, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. <laughs> hey, buddy. It How got are you worse. Doing? It got worse when we started the show. Well, any amount of talking for you right now it's going to go completely downhill, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's gone. You're you're done. You're like on the precipice of completely losing your voice. So my goal today is to have you silenced by the end of the episode by keeping you talking continuously. I feel like I'm letting you down these days. All these guest episodes you're having to do and now I've shown up barely able to talk. Well, look, it's summertime, right? So this is the July is usually the month that you're gone, I'm gone. Um, just like family vacation type stuff, right? It's that time of year. So our schedules get wonky. This is the the time of year where I take like the one week off from refill the, the Panatic members yep. newsletter because yep. I take a family vacation. Like I hate doing that, but it's like, you know, one week a year, it's okay. So this is usually our month for that. But then we have stuff on top of that too. Like I'm gone again next week and things like that. We're just super busy, but I like doing the guest episodes. I like not talking to you, Mike. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I like I actually, listening to I them. I always do. I always say this every time. Um, I like being a listener to the show. Yeah. Did you happen to catch the episode? Did you listen to the oh, episode that I did with I David Parker? It. Yeah, it was Fig really great. Pins? I loved it. That, I thoroughly enjoyed talking with David. Duh. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. But fig boot on pins. So on YouTube, his... Uh, I like you know we we talk about YouTube and videos and product videos, but I don't watch like a lot of YouTube. But I watch his, and he does such a good job. And uh, I just really appreciated him coming on, filling in. I had one of those classic moments of like shouting at my podcast app. Mm-hmm. So when you were talking about the Rubik's cube video, mm-hmm. and he said there was like a special surprise in it at the end, mm-hmm. it's because he made the crazy coloring page of us. Yeah. Yeah, you, didn't, you couldn't that. remember it, and I was like screaming at like Overcast. Well, it hit me by the end. Then I remembered. I was like, "Oh, yeah. it was that uh, Boston Globe image or whatever that yeah. Boston World thing." Yeah, uh, I, that was amazing. So yep. yeah, <laughs> but that was a fun conversation. Um, just to learn about a whole different side of things than we normally talk about. Right? Like I, I write words and record audio and david records videos it's a completely different animal so i wanted to learn about that and it was really fun and the feedback on it thank you for everyone who reached out uh, i know david uh you know a bunch of people tagged me in their comments to david just uh thanking him for coming on and that he was super enjoyable on that episode so yeah it was good but nobody everyone's waiting everyone's waiting for us to talk about field notes mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. the Should national box edition yeah yeah. Is there's yeah. no point playing the game? The right. guessing game? You sure? Yeah. Because you're you're on record and f- rightfully so as there can be too much americana for a non-american, right? Yeah. I think this one crosses a threshold though, right? Is that the feeling? My problem with the americana typically is when it is displayed in such a way that I don't find particularly imaginative. Mm-hmm. So like Here's a picture, right? And they're beautiful right, pictures, right. but they don't mean anything to me. Right. But these, it's what, nine books? Yeah. <laughs> Incredible, beautiful illustrations, all by different artists. Yeah, nine different artists. It's, I don't have mine yet, mm-hmm. but straight up, this is probably one of, if not the best that they've ever done. Like, this is National Crop all over again, right? Oh, National yeah. Crop is what got me into Field Notes. Mm-hmm. Like This is a absolutely stunning body of work that they have produced with this. Yeah. Like, even like, doing things like every three set, they in one of the books, they moved the logo. <laughs> right. Right? Because the artwork needed it. They put the, art, the, the logo down the bottom. I think that right. this is just a monumental addition. Like, it's incredible. They had to be giddy to produce this, right? Yep. I mean, Noah and Brian and Jim. And, yep. you know, for years and years and years, what are we, 10 years into this? Is that where we're mm-hmm. at? Into the, the subscription or eight years, something like that? 
you know, for years, you know, people would play their own guessing game. Okay, what edition's next? And National Parks was always right. It was like people's, it was either like National Parks, Highways, which they just did recently, uh, and a lot of like bird watching stuff, right? You know, like the Audubon Society and, you know, birds and things like that. Um, National Parks was probably at the top of everyone's list for years. And when you know that your fans are expecting that edition, you better deliver, right? Yeah. And yeah. I this I think like if you if you pin me down to like pick favorites okay I'm gonna pick we like one or two editions like up ahead of this for me like um what was the space one called with like the little foil stamps and the constellations you know that one of the first nice guy. that they, they did yeah like that is probably like I would pick that one over this one well but this nice is guy's still my favorite like yeah because it mean I just love that book so much like this this is you know like this will be many people's number one and it is got like on mine like without even having them yet i know mm-hmm. this is like top five easy yeah easy but th- this is one of those additions that i would it's almost like an 11 out of 10 because they went so far above and beyond what yeah. the norm is yeah, that's so clever right like this is the edition they decided to bring out after they put the price up Right. Right. So right. you immediately get the value because you got three extra books. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if if you subscribe now, but like oh, and they are selling this for twelve ninety five. Right. Which is normal. But uh, that's crazy though, right? Half. Yeah. For nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, we're both ecstatic about the edition, and I mean, rightfully so. And I think you know, just across the board, people have loving have been loving it. But I need to talk a little bit more about this, Mike, All in right. a non like uh, non like rating reviewing type thing. I think this pushed me over the edge of my subscription and wanting to cancel it. If those two things can actually go hand in hand, I actually feel like I know why. It's too much. That's why like, I, exactly I don't. It. No, I I don't use these, and now I'm getting nine of them. Yeah, I had the same kind of feeling. And which is super weird. It's a strange thing to say, right? But I just I don't use enough of them anymore. You know, I I will I will fill a couple of field notes a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love having them, and I love my collection. Like I adore my collection, mm-hmm. but I don't think I have space to put these nine where I put them. right, right, and, and, and so I'm not I'm not at the the point of wanting to cancel. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, I feel like the value is still there for me, even if it's just like art pieces to own. Right, right. Because um, I really do feel that way about these notebooks. Like they feel like I'm happy to collect them because I, I feel like I'm amassing this collection of art that means something to me. Mm-hmm. But from a usage perspective, like it, it does highlight like, I'm now going to have some, I mean, and I know that like nine books uh, on is, is actually, I think it's like a, less than I usually get, right? Cause like, you don't, you get like, no, it's, it's more, it's three more, right? Cause you yeah, get six. three more. So I'm getting nine. And so it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, I don't know <laughs> where they're going to go. Right. Right. Like, so, and then we'll have six more coming uh, theoretically in, you know, three months and yep. six more after that. Yep. And it's like, it's too, and you know, it's at the point now where, you can pick and choose and you don't need to subscribe to get all the things, even though if you weren't a subscriber, but I never not this is gonna That's well this is gonna cost this would cost you thirty six dollars for these three issues, right? If you weren't a subscriber. If you did not subscribe and you say, Oh boy, these are stunning, I'm gonna I want all three of them you're way better oh, yeah, off of subscribing. Course. And of we're talking so about saying about a twelve ninety five is not for nine. That's stupid. Right. It's for, right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And so at the same time I'm like, well, my subscription's like $120 a year, and we're going to talk later about a pen that I've spent, you know, four times that much and didn't, I mean, I kind of blinked. So, I don't know. Like, I'm torn. Like, as soon as I opened this, I was like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> like, I don't, even though in the money's money and in the grand scheme, you know, a dollar's a dollar, and this is good value, but if I'm not using these books and getting hit over the head with nine books no matter if it's the greatest edition they've ever created is uncomfortable to me that I'm not going to use them, Mm. you know, in a decent 
time span, right? So, you know, I've got more notebooks than I know what to do with already. And I'm like compounding the situation because of the subscription. So I haven't decided yet, but I mean, it's funny that this was the one that kind of pushed me over the edge just because it's a lot. Like, it's a lot of books. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we preach about, you know, only spend money on things you're going to use. And it doesn't matter if it's a dollar or a thousand dollars. If you're going to use it, you know, feel free. Everyone has their different likes and tastes. And I don't feel like I'm getting the value of using them, even if the value of like the dollar is good. So I don't know. It really hit me with this edition. I've been thinking about it for a while. Just, you know, the frequency and the, the lack of using them. And, um, you know, I don't need to collect them. And I've, I've got them all, of course, but I don't, that's not something that will keep me going. So I don't know. The, it, it also brings up, you know, not subscribing would allow me to buy some other things that they do on the side, which they, they did this Wilco edition. Are you familiar with the band Wilco? Sure. Um, yeah, you've certainly heard of them. Um, mm-hmm. So they did a concert edition for Wilco where they did kind of the same thing. They did six artists and made six covers for these Wilco notes and it sold as a, a six pack, right? And it was sold at a concert. And I'm sure, you know, like it's called the Solid Sound Festival. And we'll put a link in the show notes for those who haven't seen them. But like, I'm a huge Wilco fan. I'm a huge Field Notes fan. I can't buy this edition because I'm not going to use them. But if I didn't have the America's or the National Parks edition, I almost call them America the Beautiful edition. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, you know maybe I would like get this set that I would actually enjoy and use. So it's like I can't justify you know all of these notebooks. Like that's the position I'm having to take now, which is a little bit weird because like they're firing on all cylinders right now too. So. It's a little bit strange. Yeah, I understand what you're me. saying. Though. But it like you open that thing and it's just like it hits you, hits you over the head. So, yep. so I don't know. It's cool. But at the same time, it's great. So, you know, I think I will probably end up canceling my subscription and buying things as I want or need them. So we'll see. I don't, don't hold me to that. I don't know how strong willed I am. Cause like but I said, I have, you know, I have no plan to cancel mine yet. I know it's a good deal. It's a good deal. So anyway, we got more stuff to talk about. And actually, yeah. I'm going to talk more about field notes later in the okay. strip and ha- and actually how I use them um, because they are really, really great. But uh, let's talk about something else that is great, Mike. You mentioned a good deal. I have some good deals for you. I want to talk mm-hmm. about Moo, the online print and design company specializing in customizable business cards, postcards, stickers, and more for your business. And Moo is having a semi-annual sale right now. It's live by going to moo.com slash relay, moo.com slash relay. From the July 17th to July 23rd, they have 25% off everything. This excludes shipping and gift cards, but it is the perfect time to reorder and stock up or design something brand new. If you need a new business card right now, go to moo.com slash relay, 25% off. Moo doesn't do sales like this very often, so don't miss out. You can check out their full suite of products. I mentioned the business cards, but they also do postcards and invitations, letterhead, stickers, notebooks, flyers. You can seamlessly promote yourself and your brand with Moo, and you can count on their quality. They have special finishes like gold foil for their cards. They have silver foil now, too, if you want to be extra special. Mm. Raised spot gloss, letterpress. All of these little touches make you stand out. And like, So, for example, imagine you've bought a card like a regular card before. And you wanted to, and you're thinking maybe it's time to reorder. You could now reorder and take advantage of these extras because you've got the discount, right? See mm. what I mean? So now take that extra step, put some letterpress on the card, and you're going to save money on the overall price anyway. And you get to be extra fancy. And if you don't like, if you don't have your own design or you don't have a designer for your to make your own card, Moo recently rolled out a bunch of gorgeous templates for business cards inspired by their most creative customers. So you can have Moo help you build and, and then produce that beautiful card as well. So once again, that is Moo.com slash Relay, M-O-O.com slash Relay, R-E-L-A-Y. Go there now to save 25% off. Thanks to Moo for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. 
Yeah, and that's twenty five percent off their notebooks too. That we always read yep. about. Such a good. That such is good worth notebooks. it. You gotta you gotta sell those out. <laughs> Talk about sellout. Mm. Well, that sounded bad. It sounded bad when I said it. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. Uh, I meant so, it was meant to be good because they've done yeah. so well as always. But. Yeah, yeah. So this is a uh, very uh, on-brand episode, and you knew we were going to talk about field notes. You also know we're going to talk about the Mark One Apollo Edition, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty clear that our friends Dan and Tom from Studio Need, who you also have a podcast uh, called Thoroughly Considered on the Relay FM Network, which yep. we will talk about momentarily, tell you talk about making stuff, but. They did the Mark One pen, which we've talked about a million times on this show, and how much I love it, you love it. Um, you know, we've been talking with them. God, it seems like years now on that on the pen, and it finally came to fruition earlier this year. And they always keep something like in their back pocket that they kind of drop on us later <laughs> in the game. Like we were early in the game on the standard Mark One, and then like a couple weeks ago, I get a message from Dan. He's like. Hey, check this out. I'm like, you dirty dog. (laughs) (laughs) So they created the Mark I Apollo edition to go along with the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission to space, which is ongoing right now. And they did a lot of interesting things with this. Can you... Can your voice handle recapping this? Because you've talked about them specifically yeah. on yeah. Uh, Thoroughly Considered Episode 52, which we'll have a link uh, to the show notes in. Can you give the the big mm-hmm. picture? So basically what they wanted to do was create something that could commemorate the Apollo 11, right, the moon landing. Mm-hmm. So this is something that Dan has wanted to do since before the Mark I was even available. Like this was an idea that mm-hmm. he'd had. He mm-hmm. wanted to make a space pen. Like, right, like a pen about space, and, and this one actually ships with the Fisher Space Pen refill, which is mm-hmm. nice. Like that's the way they should do it. It will right. still fit the uh, Schmidt refill, but this just makes sense to put a Space Pen refill inside because the Mark One can take that anyway. Your best question in the podcast was in the beginning. You said, "Is this a space space pen or a space space pen?" Yeah, and it's the perfect question for nerds like us. Yeah, and it is a space space pen. So. <laughs> Um, and this one, so the the, the Mark One is a Cerakote on aluminium, mm-hmm. right? That's how it's usually made. But they wanted to try something different. So the Apollo Edition is made of stainless steel with PVD coating. Mm-hmm. PVD coating is what went on the old Apple Watch. Do you remember like the black Apple Watch? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was PVD coated. So... This is a completely different from a weight perspective. It's a much heavier pen, significantly different in that regard. And that was something they heard from, from people. Like some people like a heavier pen and this is it, right? So it's like very different in production from for them. Like it's it looks, it has a beautiful little etching on it, but it looks the same. It's the same pen, same mechanism, made of a different material. And the fun thing is, and I think this is genius, this pen is only available on Kickstarter for eight days. They are timing it exactly from the launch of the shuttle to when it comes back to Earth. So mm-hmm. July 16th to July 24th. They've met their goal. They had a 20 grand goal, smashed it day one. They're at 48 grand now. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised because the Mark I is a fantastic pen. And this is just like a beautiful limited edition version of it. Uh, yeah, I'm using mine today as well. It's just an excellent. <laughs> it's like I kind of had to, right? It's like one of my favorites. Like they, yeah. they just absolutely crushed it. And now I'm really pleased to see that they're doing like weird and different things with it. Um, yeah. And I'm really intrigued for a stainless steel version of this because, like, I think it's Dan or Tom. One of them described it's basically indestructible, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. is also like kind of a nice little thought. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, so stainless steel. Oh, I have a question is... for you. I oh, have yeah, a question yeah, yeah. for you. Sure. Because they were they were saying this to me uh, that so they're selling this for one hundred and ten dollars. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the price? So it's completely fair 
and it's not just because of the stainless steel. For some reason, and I the one thing I don't know the pricing of is the coating. And so all the finishing work that has to go into the stainless steel to give the mirror finish is extra work, right? And the stainless steel material is harder to machine because it's thicker, heavier, stronger. So all of those like increase your costs. So like stainless steels are always a premium. They're usually premiums over titanium pins. It's usually like aluminum, titanium, stainless, and then uh, brass and copper um, are kind of the, the more premium materials. So stainless steel is more expensive. It's, it's denser. It's harder to machine. And then the PVD coating for some reason is very expensive because it makes it your pen kind of ding proof, right? It's not like bulletproof. Like if you throw it against the concrete, it's probably going to scratch up, but it's not going to like ding or dent. And, you know, there's only a few comp pen makers that I know that do the PVD coating. Um, I think Ian Schoen does with Schoen Design and his pens run upwards of $200, I think, with that coating. Um, I, I could be wrong. I didn't look it up beforehand, but for some reason, whatever the 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 chemicals are and the process is to apply that coating is very expensive. So PVD coated pens are easy to find, and when you do, you pay a premium for them. So that, in combination with the stainless steel, I didn't I didn't really blink at the price. It's accurately priced. Like I don't like I listened to the show, and like there when you're designing products no matter how much it costs you to make the product, there's still a number that the product will sell at and won't sell at, right? Like, I don't think it's a $175 pen. Like, you end up saying, no, let's not make that product, right? Right. Because right, you don't right. think it is... It even is. even if the margins were the same yes. as what their margins are, it, right. doesn't, it doesn't matter because right. it's what the market will support. Right. Right. So you look like we talk about that with our pin cases a lot. And it's like, you know, if I look at like our Brass Town pin case, which is like our most expensive case to make, it's like, mm, I don't, it's not a $75 pin case, right? No matter how much it costs us, it's just like, it's, it's not that thing. Even if it costs you $74.99 to make it, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. So that's the way I look at things. So, I I think it's great. I love it. I I the price is fair. Like it's not an inexpensive pen. You know, you're paying a premium for the materials, the machining of the materials and the coating. And I think and the limited edition nature. They're only selling yeah, it now, like, right? And like you can't yeah. you can't deny that, right? Like that's the thing. You pay extra for limited products. Yeah, but I don't weigh that into is it a good, is it the correct price or not, right? Like sure. I don't weigh that sure. as as part of it. Although I'll probably go against that uh, later in the show, <laughs> later in the show when I justify it's the my psychological purchase that thing. I made. Right? And, I mean, I don't know if they've done this, but I know like I would. Yeah, you yeah. can that you can build that into your price if you want to. Totally, totally agree. Totally agree. So yeah, I think it's great. I. I Stainless steel is one of my personal favorite pen materials. Like aluminum and titanium and stainless are kind of my my jams. And they talked about why they don't do brass. And they didn't mention copper, but it's in the same category as brass. It's too heavy and it's too soft. And it's there you wouldn't sell enough of them to like make it worthwhile. Well, to, I was talking to, to them about it so. as well. It's like we were talking about all the materials that they could have used. Mm -hmm. And ultimately some of them make no sense because you're covering it. Yeah. There's no point right. doing brass if you're going to cover right. it. Right. People like the way brass looks, right? Right. If you're going to PVD same with coat copper. It, like, is it even like looking at the dip, looking at either titanium or stainless steel? Yeah. You're better off yep. going stainless steel because you get yeah. most of what you want, like the weight and the strength. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to cover it with PVD coating, it doesn't matter what's underneath as much. It's like the same as they go with aluminium for the regular one because they're going to set coat it. Right. So the material that's underneath the coating, it just has to have some of the properties that you want. It doesn't need to be the best material. Or like, not, I'm not like stainless steel is a great material, but yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorites. But you don't cover brass and copper because they patina and they, their character, yeah. the purpose of those pins is that their characteristics change the more you use yep. them, right? And they look better the more you use them. You don't, like, you don't cover yeah. that with something to In not, my opinion, to not do it. like brass and copper have no other benefit, really. Because mm -hmm. you can get mm -hmm. stuff that's heavy, right? Sure. Yeah, and, and whatever. But like, it's the color changing. And if you yeah. like it, the smell. Yeah. And I mean, 
people like the the copper because of the antimicrobial properties. You will actually get a few things, but there's it's a, that's edge case stuff, right? That's edge case yeah. stuff. So <laughs> I love the logo. Um, honestly, that's probably the PVD coating and the logo sold me. Um, as much as I love stainless steel, oh, I love that little logo. It's the, the little cl- for me. <laughs> the little uh, landing module mm-hmm. um, logo is is dope. I said in, in our show notes, I need that a t shirt with that on it, please, Dan and Tom. Oh, so yeah, they should happen. do that because I think uh, Dan drew it. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, and and it, like the timing was great for me, right? I was on vacation last week, which we're about to dig into, um, like what I use for a travel kit for that. And one of the stops in Florida was at the Kennedy Space Center. I won't go as far as saying it was like life a life-changing experience but like we did things like go to key west and swim in the clear blue waters and like have awesome beach time and really cool stuff and i'm not sure i took more out of this trip than our visit to kennedy space center um and i think my wife would agree with that it really knocked our socks off just in the size and the scope and importance of what nasa and the space program has meant to this country and like it really hit home with us on that visit like we're of the age like our kids didn't get as much out of it as us because they don't know the space program like we do right and i'm not a space nerd by any stretch like i don't listen to liftoff our wonderful podcast on relay fm with uh stephen hackett and jason snell like i don't get into that little level of nerdery on the space program like a lot of people do but i get it like this it was like an eye-opener trip and uh, it was it was fascinating, and we got to see the Fisher Space Pen display at Kennedy Space Center. They talked about like all the different models of pens and things that the astronauts use, and I took some pictures of that. So that was cool. And um, you know, after the I I hadn't listened to the podcast Thirteen Minutes to the Moon, um, which is done by the BBC. I don't know if you've listened to that, Mike, but um, it's a really neat um, podcast series about the Apollo Eleven mission. So like all of this lined up together. Um, perfectly for me to like back this pen and go to the space center and do all these things. Like I'm eat up with space right now. <laughs> so it's kind of a good time. If you're a, a space pan, space fan, um, it's, it's a good time, uh, to be alive and getting to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission. So it's pretty cool. All right. So you're talking about your trip. Um, yeah. what was your stationary outfit? So I did a specific kit knowing, well, let me back up first. When we went to Chicago a couple years ago to do our field notes interview, I added on some days there and took the family because we had never been to Chicago and we wanted to just kind of like hang out and you know see the city and do things. And I made it a goal that trip to take a pocket notebook with me and to record my trip in it. And number one, just to see if I could do it um, because I thought it was a good idea, but could I actually do it? Was that my thing? And I ended up really, really enjoying doing that because I don't do that enough. Like I don't capture my daily life. Like I don't journal, right? We talk about planners and, you know, we're going to talk about planners a lot in our next episode, as a matter of fact. Um, but I don't really journal. But when I go on a trip, I have that opportunity, one, to do it, and two, because I want to capture those memories. Like I can write those things down. Like I can take all the pictures with my phone as you know, as I want, but it really sticks more if you write things down. Like, I think that's pretty clear to anyone who listens to this show. Like we like to write things down. So I planned on doing that for this trip through Florida. So what we did was basically road trip from North northernmost Florida to southernmost Florida and back (laughs) in our car with the kids. Um, You know, I don't know that we would do it again, but we had like an epic trip. Like it was totally like Griswold vacation family truckster mode, Um, you know, unloading and loading every night, like at it staying in a different place, seeing new and different things. And so I wanted to capture that. And back to the field notes perfection. Like I didn't know what notebook I was going to take for about like five minutes and it hit me. The field notes coastal edition had a Florida coast cover. And I was like, well, it's pretty clear that that's going to be the one I take. Right. So I needed a po- I wanted a pocket notebook because I didn't want to carry around many things. And if I wanted to, I just wanted to throw it in my pocket to capture notes on. And then I had to think about what pens am I going to take? So 
I need a pen to write with. So I did want to take a fountain pen um, because unlike you, I hate fountain pens and field notes on most of their paper and I refuse to use them. So it was actually a pretty easy choice to take a spoke pen with the 0.5 black gel Uniball Signo DX because that's just a good writing pen. Like I can write and write and write. And the one bad thing about the field notes coastal edition is the reticle grid is really strong. It stands out a lot. You need a pen to override the density of the dark reticles on the page. Um, so I wanted a black ink to do that. So like I way overthink this. Like, do you, <laughs> do you like I I seriously like overthink what I carry because I'm a nerd that way and I want to do it right and I want to enjoy what I'm using. So I decided that was the pen. I also need a pencil on this trip because sometimes I'll do a little bit of sketching. I didn't have that much time to sketch. And like with the kids, it's hard to like, I can't sit down for 15 minutes and sketch a building, yeah. right? It's like yeah. super hard. <laughs> They're not going to sit down, but I still take a pencil just in case. And I don't take a wooden pencil, but I take the Dash fixed pencil, which I think is pretty much a given. If mm -hmm. you've known me for any length of time, that's one of my favorite Big products fun. of all time. Yeah. Yep big fan and then if those are my two main writing instruments i need a little bit of color for notation for highlighting for coloring for just side notes and i went through a bunch of pens to pick out the pilot high-tech c the mica edition which was a different edition they did a few years back same refill different barrel design and i picked out a bright blue and a bright pink to take on that because you know florida and brightness and fun and neon like like it's the right, it's the right colors. I also took a Sakura Pigma Micron, which I ended up not using. Probably didn't need to take that. I used it like once to like, maybe twice, um, and once to like draw on the cover of my notebook. And then I took a small roll of pink washi tape because like if we go and do something and have a ticket or have a receipt or, you know, have an armband or something, I'll tape those into my little notebook. So that's how I do it. And I packed that all in... The Unicorn Snot Notco Sinclair, which is the pink and the blue and pink one. Like I went full Miami Vice for this trip, Mike. I don't know if you yeah. it, it, you have to, right? I mean, number one, these are colors I love to begin with, and number two, I mean, Florida bright blue, Miami no Key West. Yeah, so I did it themed, right? This it was like kind of all in my theme, and. <laughs> I'm like stupidly happy <laughs> with what I did. I don't know why. I just get the biggest kick about it. I was like, man, I really nailed that travel kit, didn't I? <laughs> I'm like super proud of myself. <laughs> but it's probably because I used it and it all of it worked, right? I think in that field notes notebook, I think I have like three empty pages. So in the span of a week, um, on a driving trip through Florida, I filled the entire notebook, you know, single single page, um, you know, not front and back, you know, just one side of the page. Sure. So it's like everything I wanted. And I like, I'm going to keep this little kit together. Like I'll have to take out the spoke pen and the fixed pencil because I use those more than, you know, than I'd be able to leave them in this case. And like, I'll take a bunch of pictures and elaborate this more, uh, for like the pen addict members refill this weekend. Um, I'm going to go through and like scan my notebook and show you how I use these things and, and do all that stuff. But I just like the idea of packing specificity, if you will. It's like, I could take just a bunch of random pens and paper and figure out what I use when I need to use it or I'm going to use it. But this limits my options while, giving me the things that I need to accomplish what I want to if I'm going to write or draw or capture things during the trip. And, you know, like the decisions were made. I didn't have to like question anything. I didn't have to dig through a bag. I could just reach in and grab my Sinclair and all the things were in there, including the washi tape, which fits in there. And I don't know. I, I'm just like stupidly happy with how this turned out. And now I have a notebook, like I have my Chicago notebook I'll now have this Florida trip notebook and I keep those things and, you know, I can refer to them later and read all the notes I put in there and, um, just re kind of relive the trip. So it was fun. Um, I gave myself a high five for this kit. Um, I think I nailed it and, uh, I want to use it more. I like doing things like this. So it's fun to me. Yeah, that's cool. I took, uh, on my trip, I took, uh, my Brown Sinclair, 
mm-hmm. uh, which I love, which I had. I had a couple of field notes in there. Oh, I had one field notes, one story supply notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. What's that one called? Their pocket notebook? You know what I'm sure. talking about. The red one. Yeah, the red. Uh, yeah. I, I want to call that one the 420 edition, but it's not that. It's, I yeah, think yeah. it's a number. I can't remember. The red one. But it's really yeah, good. Yeah. Wonderful fountain and it's, pens. It's really good with fountain pens. Exactly what I was going to say. And I took like the most ridiculous set of pens with me. So <laughs> the Kaveco student. Sure. The uh, I took the Japan blue crazy sailor yep right because absolutely adore that thing uh my 1911 king of pen <laughs> and the uh, canalea aolani the new one mm, nice so i took on my trip i barely used them but mm-hmm. really i wanted to show i wanted to show them to tiff yeah she hadn't seen them yet nice so i wanted her to see those pens because i, I yeah. love them and i know that she'd appreciate them yeah, yeah, and that's a good kid. And but like you said, like once you start taking multiple fountain pens and you're on vacation, you're not sitting there writing all day. Yeah. It's like, well, am I really going to use all these things? So that's kind of how I tried to, you know, set the rules when I was packing. Right, yep. only take the things I can use. Limit myself to what fits in this case, which you did too. Like you didn't overpack. Like you didn't take no. like three pen cases. Um, but you also no, took, I things took that stuff you ended up not to using. show. Right, right. Like I have my my journal with me in case I wanted to do that, but. You know, I never typically do it in my journaling on vacation, and it was the same right. this time. Right, and it's funny. I only journal on vacation. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird Maybe be. that's why I'm so excited about it, because it was such a different thing for me, right? It's it's It was out of my norm to, um, before I go to bed every night, to sit there and write for like a half an hour, sometimes, right. sometimes more. Like, yeah. that is abnormal for me, big time, big time. I never do that. So. It's a nice vacation activity, though. Yes, yeah. It's it's and you know what? It's probably mandatory for my sanity, right? I can check out like at the end of the day when like everyone's on edge anyway and tired and exhausted because we've just been go 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 and we all like everyone jumps on their devices and I jump in my notebook and it was good. All right, today's episode is brought to you by Pen Chalet. They sell authentic, amazing, wonderful fountain pens, rollerballs, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, and so much more from your favorite brands. Pen Chalet runs special discounts twice a month, closeout specials every two weeks. They are always adding new styles of pens. There's always new stuff going on there. Um, I find recently, like, if there's something cool that I want to check out, Pen Chalet's got it. And what's really great about that is because as a pen addict listener, you can always get discounts for Pen Chalet which I'll tell you about in a moment. As well as having the writing implements themselves, Pen Chalet also has carrying cases, pen holders, refills, fountain-to-pen converters, so much more, and they back everything up with fast and reliable customer service. They do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the United States, and they sell internationally as well with reasonable shipping rates. I think their rates are great. Pen Chalet has low prices on high-quality pens, and they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com, and click the podcast link at the top of the website. Use the password PENADDICT, and you will be able to get the code that you need to save 10% on anything at Pen Chalet, and access this time to a special PENADDICT-only pre-sale of an upcoming inventory reduction that Ron's doing over at Pen Chalet. He's got some stuff that he wants to clear out, and he's <laughs> going to be doing a big sale for it. But pen addict listeners get first dibs. I was wondering what was up because I haven't hit the bottom of the list yet. I've never, yep. ever seen anything like this from Ron and Penn Chalet. Um, let me see if I can actually get to the bottom. Just, you know, like sp- speed scroll at this. Oh, uh, there's just a lot of cool Let's stuff. See. Okay. I'm finally there. And at the, at the, I hit the bottom and it says view more specials. Yep. <laughs> there is an insane amount of stuff. Um, there's a couple things that stand out. He must have found some back stock of the Retro 51 Chiopino Rose Gold Tornado. Did you buy that one? The kind of like the abalone shell. It's one of the I best didn't ones. think those existed. And he has them on this page. Oh, look um, at that price. Oh my right? God, look at that price. Yeah, it's not Holy right. moly. Ron, you ain't right. <laughs> All right, that seriously, but, like, you you gotta go get this. Like, that is an, like, a wild price for that pen. Yeah, like if you ever wanted that pen, like it doesn't show up. Like that that was like two years ago, I think. So I doubt there he has many. So anyway, this list is never in ending. Um, there's a really some really cool Leonardo's on there, which I'm a big fan of. There's ink. 
Um, there's a great price on Pelican. Good. I mean, it. You just have to go look. Like we tell you this all the time, and you probably ignore us. You know, most of the time because you're not in the market for a pen. Um, something on your wish list might be on this page because yep. it's exhaustive. It's ex- it's uh, oh man, the platinum. <laughs> just keeps going i didn't I even see the platinum on here. yeah i didn't even see the platinum so it's a I lot i don't of even want to say what one it is in case it'd be bad to say oh yeah oh i see, Do you see well, it? there's a yeah it's right next to another pen that is always fascinating it's right next to a pen that i talked uh extensively to uh david Figboot Those about prices last week a wild yeah all right we should stop you should shop all right run straight up lost it Go take advantage of that. Uh, you can go right now, penchalet.com slash, oh no, com podcast link at the top of the website, password pen addict to get your hands on this stuff. Thanks so much to Penchalet for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. I can't buy anything from Penchalet, Mike, because I cheated on you. You, I can't believe you. I mean, I'm coming clean. I'm making a confession. I feel kind of dirty. I feel a little bit guilty. What happened to us? What did I, I do to you? Is it because I keep not showing up? <laughs> you know, you know, my, my standard excuses, you know, we were just busy and lots of things going mm-hmm. on. And, you know, you were here, I was there and things just kind of happened. And then all of a sudden, you know, I had my credit card out and a pen is coming from me from Japan coming to me. And I, I, I didn't let you know about it. And uh, do you still love me? This is your pen of deceit. This is how I'm going to remember this. <laughs> what is going on with this thing? So, you know I've wanted a Sailor Rialo, right? I know. So, yeah, yeah. I remember we wanted I mean, one. You too. You too. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's, let's be clear. You too. Uh-huh. Um, so, the issue that I have always had, and I think you're on the same um, same wavelength, is there's never been like the right design yeah. to spend the money on yeah um they don't I have, have a, the ex- a black one i got a good deal yeah but yeah. Like, yeah but they don't have the expansive colorways like they do in in sailors other lineups um even the king of pen like the king of pen has more cool stuff in it than the Riallo lineup um and it's not even close to like the pro gear in 1911 lineups like that's it's the Rialo is pretty much a second class citizen because it's kind of expensive relative to the rest of the product lineup and what you're paying for if you're not familiar with the Rialo is you're paying for a filling system it's a piston filler which is unlike any of sailors other pens even the king of pens are cartridge converter pens so the Rialo is different in that way and I don't own one and because I haven't found a style that I've enjoyed so we've talked about it a bunch, and I've had a bunch of people send me different links of different Rialos over the past few months. And then a friend in Japan had tipped me off to a group called the YY Pen Club, and he said they're coming up on their 10th anniversary. They usually always do a Rialo. Here's a picture of all the ones they've done in the past. And I'm like, oh, those are cool. And you know, they've done some neat stuff, and you know, it's nothing I could get or anything like that. They're all long, long sold out. It's a smallish, smaller club. I'm sure it's large compared to things we're used to in, um, in the U.S. and the U.K. But it's a very specific, small club. And he sent me the link to this one. And I was like, I'll let you know when the 10th anniversary one comes out, and we'll see what it looks like. And he sent me the link. I'm like, Yep, that's the one. So it's, it's basically a clear translucent. Rialo with a metal section and a frosted cap. So it's kind of got a, for a clear crystal looking pin, it's kind of got a lot going on. Um, just a little bit of extra fit and finish that's outside the normal. Um, it has the YY pin club across the cap band. Um, it's got like a very sleek nib, you know, not, not much um, stamping or things on it. I love the look of it. And like the grip section and the cap. I don't know. It's kind of like my Rialo. And so he said, he gave me their email, told me to reach out to them. He said they're generally good to work with through email. So I did. And they were. <laughs> and it was actually too easy for me to part with about 500 US dollars for this pen that they've made like 60 of for their club in Japan. And it's not here yet, it's shipped. So who knows why, how long? It will why take. can't we make a sailor? 
I don't understand. I want to make I, a pro gear, right? All we need, I, I guess I just haven't worked on the contact. Like, like, it sounds like I would like have to go. 60 of them. Like, yeah. We could do that. Oh, I know. And and Bung Box, they, I don't think they make more than that quantity on their pens. I don't, they're not making like hundreds, no. I don't think. Like, we could totally do that. Come um, on, Sailor. I think we just have Show to go yourself. outside the U.S. I don't know if the Sailor distributors in the U.S. would work with us on that. Would we have to go around them? So, I don't know. Maybe we'll... That's one of those things that, that like... A, that's a life goal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We make a pro gear together. So, maybe when we take our trip to Japan, it'll be to pick up those pins. Yeah. You know, that'll be our... That's our life goal. Uh-huh. That's the end game. End game for the Pen Attic Podcast. Yeah, we're done right? at that point. <laughs> then what else no. is there to do? We go to we're Japan, pick up our custom pro gears, <laughs> shut it down. Yeah. So, we're never done. We're never done. So, <laughs> I, I, I cheated on you, Mike. I... I don't know what my justification was. I was like, eh, Mike probably won't really like love this pen, so I probably just won't even. I'll say, I will say, this doesn't particularly float my boat. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is. Definitely I would more buy this. Pen. I would not five hundred dollar buy this. Right. One of my problems is the YY Pen Club logo, mm-hmm. which is a bad logo. Yeah, it's uh, not the best being logo printed on the. Band. What's that? What's that? Um, what is that logo font? It's like uh, the uh, it's like, like Rocket rug. Pizza from Toy Story logo. Yeah, it's <laughs> not good. It <laughs> it's not but good. the way the band looks, and I, I think it's okay. Like that's my least favorite part. I'll admit that. But um, just the overall style of the pen, I like. Like I won't even. I mean, look at the cat. Looking band. through their Instagram, I think that there are other pens that I like more. Yeah, like, they did a pink. Uh, 1911, like a pinky purple 1911 with gold, like dust, mm-hmm. like uh, brushed gold finish. Yep. Yep. That thing is like that's that's that was like what a couple of years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it was in May. They did it in May. Like, yeah, they do a lot of custom stuff. It's like constant. What Maybe is I should going email on? Them. I should email we them should and say, hey, email hey them. give me your contact. Yeah. So we need. To, we could sell end. so many of these. Like, yeah, it would be wild. There's like a blue sparkly Riallo going around with gold trim that a bunch of people sent me. Like if that had rhodium trim, I would have bought that in a second. But it's Can got you imagine too much gold the trouble we could get ourselves in if we could just have the ability to make any sailor we want configuration wise? Yeah, it'd be bad. Can you imagine? For, it'd be I mean, good for least, us. It'd be bad for our listeners. Because yeah, I mean, it'd be fine for us because we'd probably be able to pay it all off. But like, they have some 1911s with like a ribbed plastic body. Right. What is going yeah, they on? They made those several years ago. Yeah, Sailor did those um, many, many years ago. Did that style. They've got one, so. like, done recently. Yeah. So that's not the only Riallo. Come on, Sailor. <laughs> heading my way. I have another uh, Riallo heading my way, too. They just kind of lined up um, in the same way that I paid uh, much less for in a more reasonable amount okay. of money. I will let you know when that one arrives. But it was a secondhand... Uh, uh-huh. Secondhand Riallo, which probably should have been the first Riallo I bought, right? To see if I even liked the pen before I spent all the money on the big one. But you know, I, you know, I didn't listen to my own advice and and got FOMO'd on on that one. But I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, we'll have it like next week or the week after, and uh, I can talk about it. And then you know, like I need to stop buying pens, you know. And I say that we got the San Francisco Pen Show. That's going to be a huge problem for me <laughs> buying stuff because we get lots of great Japanese vendors in that. And lots of other vendors from Asia um, at that show. So good times, Mike. Good times. Sorry, I cheated on you. I can like if I give you. <laughs> All right, should we take a break and do some TPA? Yep, and let's. Uh, we'll we'll save your voice, and uh, we'll get to some Ask TPA. I'll read all the questions. I think you're gonna have to. Today's <laughs> show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You might think that nobody wants your online data to snoop on you, but when you browse the web without anything to protect your privacy, you are looking at risks. You could have hackers or advertising companies even just wanting to collect your data. It happens to people like you and me, which is why I use and recommend ExpressVPN. It runs in the background of your computer or your phone, encrypting your data, hiding your public IP address. You just download the app, click connect, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and uses cutting-edge technologies, new, called Trusted Server, to make sure there's no logs of what you're doing online at all. It costs less than $7 a month and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
I always use ExpressVPN when I travel, so I have it there with me on all my devices, so I know that when I'm connecting to Wi-Fi networks that I don't trust, I just get the peace of mind. Really, like I don't know what I don't know the exact risks that are out there for me, but I would prefer to have none of them. And ExpressVPN is so easy, and it's so fairly priced. I might as well just go for it, and I do, and I'm happy with it. Yeah, I pretty much had it on my entire trip because we were in a different hotel almost every night, and it's just it's a peace of mind thing for me. Like, I don't, I'm not like hardcore privacy freak. Like, if I was, I wouldn't use things like Gmail and things like that. But like, there's things, little things you can do to give you peace of mind. Yes, like you know, using a password database or using a VPN like ExpressVPN, where I just practically had it on my entire trip because i'm going from hotel to hotel wi-fi just constantly constantly and um i just like leave it on and it doesn't affect anything on my phone and it just keeps me uh keeps you know my ip address hidden and like i'm good to go easy peasy nice and breezy protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months for free at expressvpn.com slash pen addict there's expressvpn.com slash pen addict for three months free of a one-year package Take back your online privacy, expressvpn.com slash penaddict, to do it. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right. We got some good questions this week. I guess we always do. Ask TPA slash the good questions edition. Um, it's pretty much every week. So this first one's from Antonio. And he just finished listening to the episode where we were talking about being overwhelmed by the number of fountain pens that you have inked up and that you decided to wash all of them and start from scratch. This was something that I did. I don't know, a month or so ago, uh, probably sometime after the Raleigh pen show when I was just cleaning things up. Although my soul hurts just imagining how much ink went down the drain, I must say that I completely understand your situation and that I won't be surprised when the sea turns a nice, bright apricot orange color. As always with these addictions, the solution doesn't lie within the addict, but in additional purchases. I think that a cigar humidor might be the perfect thing for you. It would keep the air nice and moist so that the nibs of your 75 inked up pens don't dry up and the pens organized and out of sight. This way, the issue is tucked away at one part of the room and only causes anxiety when you open the humidor. So I brought this up to ask our listeners, does anyone use a humidor to store their fountain pens? No one has ever told me that they do, but the idea of a humidor has come up several times over the years, but I don't know that anyone has put it into practical use. Like I'm not a cigar person, so I don't happen to have a humidor handy to test these things out. It makes sense. I think logically, like it would keep, you know, the, the pens from drying out or, you know, maybe the, keep the ink from evaporating. I don't know totally how it would, it would work, but, um, that's something I wanted to bring up, not as much as a question from Antonio, but as a question from me to the listeners. Does anyone use a humidor to store fountain pens? So I would like to hear from you if you don't. Antonio um, has several other things to add, which he went from zero to 360 episodes, listened in less than four months, which is oh. pretty amazing. Um, he's also one of our Croatian listeners, which okay. uh, we appreciate that. And he also wanted to remind me that the scribble pen is still available for pre-order for just $99 with only Ooh. one day left to order, Mike. What a deal. <laughs> what a deal. Everyone should get on that scribble pen deal. Um, and, uh, you know, it, there's only one day left to order for the next 365 days at least. And, uh, Yeah. It'll be a good deal. So yeah, let me know. Uh, let me know about your humidors if anyone uses that. Um, that's come up multiple cigars have come up multiple times in this show because they also make a um, make some like sealable small cases. Like people were talking about airline travel with fountain pens, and they would make they'd have these cigar cases that would travel very well that people would store their fountain pens in. So uh, it's kind of like the right shape and size to for fountain pen storage. So it keeps coming up. So let me know. Next one is from Patrick, and I really like this question, Mike, Um, and it's a long one, so bear with me. So he had a question for me and you for STPA. He just graduated from university and landed his first big boy job. He says, this is third week on the job and just got my notebook situation stabilized. I like how this is going already, like three weeks on the new big boy job, and he's mostly concerned about getting his notebook situation (laughs) stabilized. Patrick, you are my people. Like, Uh, this is it. Like, this is why I put this here. So let's go through his notebooks real quick because he has a question 
for both of us. So he uses the Rhodia Heritage Sewn Spine Notebook for his meeting notes, um, only meeting notes, and he likes the Rhodia paper quality and it lays flat and the design doesn't break the boardroom boring aesthetic. So he's not, you know, getting called out. Um, but he, he does feel like he's giving a small little middle finger to conformity every time I walk in the boardroom with this special notebook. Number two, Rodeo number 16 top wirebound notebook orange. This is my to-do list. It stays on my desk at all times. After meetings, my actionable items go from the Rodeo heritage to this. It's small and sits conveniently next to my computer. This is why I'm such a top bound notebook fan for desk use. So perfect. Number three. Claire Fontaine, eight and a half by 11 spiral bound notebook. This is my kitchen sink notebook. Any ideas that need to work, be worked out, go here. It's sloppy, messy, and organized, but that's what it's for. And I love it. So yeah, about the question I promised. If you and Mike, God forbid, were forced kicking and screaming back into corporate life, what would your setup be? Brad, this assumes you don't get the privilege to play with all the stationery you do now. You have to pick one system. So... Can we think about putting ourselves back in the cubicle forms that we were once a part of and think about what notebooks we would use for that situation? So like if you were going back to an office job today, what would you bring with you to write on? Um, I'll probably go back to field notes. Mm-hmm. I, I always really enjoyed using them for that. They're easy. I remember you talking about that and I always questioned the size about that. Like, can you, that would work for you in like a day to day. I just need to write my things and down. stop me from taking since. too many notes. Sure. Cause when I have a bigger notebook, I take too many notes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, my go-to would probably actually be number two on this list or something similar. Anything with a durable cover, top bound, preferably spiral and perforated so I can tear yeah. things out and share notes and has good quality paper. The Rodia ice pad is like my favorite a five size Rodia. Um, and they still make them. Thankfully it's the white cover with the gray grid. I love those. Uh, second would probably be, be this orange or black, um, covered dot grid. A five top bound books are my jam for desks. That's why we made the red one we make for knock, right? That was one of the first products we ever made because that's the thing that I want to use. It's the right size without being too big or too small. It's portable. You can throw it in a bag, leave it on a desk. You can have multiple of them without like overwhelming yourself. So, um, yeah, I would totally pick a five top bound something and it's probably Rodia. In my former job, I used that plus the large dome paper um, idea journal. Is that what the big the big boys called? It's like the eight and a half, eleven, heavy, heavy chipboard cover because I could carry it around and uh, use it to you know do different drawings and different tasks that I needed to do. It was a good organizational notebook too. So, but if I was forced to just pick one thing, it would be Rodia A5 top bound would be would be the jam. Uh, because we assumed that I hadn't created knock by this point and wouldn't be using my own notebooks. All right, Ed has a great question here that I also wanted to bring up to the listeners. It says, hello, I've been attending the Raleigh Pen Show for the last couple of years, and it's the only pen show I've been to. I have a question. Most vendors don't seem to post prices or even a range of prices for a tray. I don't like to ask about a pen, have the vendors start talking it up, and then find out it's massively out of my budget. Why don't vendors usually post prices? Is it a haggling situation or a presumed level of knowledge or something else? I lean towards something else and that something else is just, it's a cross between laziness and know-it-allism. <laughs> I don't think it's a haggling situation. I don't think they're going into it saying, I'm not going to put a price on this because I can get 150 from this person and 200 from that person. I genuinely don't think that's it. Presumed level of knowledge might be a little bit of it, but honestly, I think for vendors who don't price it, they just don't care. They're doing this as a hobby. It's not their full-time business. People that it is their full-time business generally do have it priced. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I have a super clear answer for that, but I feel like it's more of, I just don't care. 
if someone wants it, they know what it's worth. Kind of like a, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know. I think it's more just laziness and kind of not caring about it as much because they're not taking it as seriously as someone who's like necessarily like making a living from doing this, right? And making it easier for the consumer. They're not looking at it that way. They're looking at it, hey, I'm going to show all my pens to all my friends and then maybe I'll sell some to someone who kind of maybe knows what it is and then we can talk about price. Um, You know, and I generally, you know, since I'm not... Um, always shopping for vintage. Like I'll just glance at the table and if anything catches my eye, you know, I'll, I'll tend to move on. Like I'm probably kind of like Ed, like if I see a table full of pens, not priced, I'm probably not going to shop there because I need just kind of that. I need that bit of information when I'm having those discussions in my head about, do I want this? Do I want that? And that's just one more hurdle I have to overcome in the buying process. And if the person's not going to make it easy for me, well, there's, other opportunities throughout the show for for that to happen so you know i don't think it's any like conspiracy or trying to get a better price from from a a certain person i just think it's just that it's a non-issue to that person and they're not in it for the same reason other people are yep and if anyone else has any specific ideas um let me know because i know i know a lot of you um you know, have some more experience, especially on the vintage side of things. Um, modern pens, I would hope all modern type stuff is, is priced because you have a competition there and you're probably selling it to make a living. And so those will be accurately priced. Yep. All right. Bill says, and th- this comes up a lot and I don't have a good answer, which is probably why I had this in the show notes. He says a pen pal is thinking of getting his first nib ground. The catch is that he lives in Germany. Would you, could you please suggest some nib grinders in Europe, hopefully ones that travel to shows. I have a hard time coming up with non us ones. I do too. Like I put in some time searching and I came up with almost nothing. There's so John twist, who's a pen maker in the UK, I thought, well, let me go to him and see what he does and what he offers. And he doesn't do the work himself. He outsources it to a friend. Um, There's a gentleman uh, by the name, and uh, I apologize if I get this wrong because I forgot to write it down, but I think it's John Soroka. Um, And I'll see if I can find him, but he doesn't publicize his services. He shows up at pen shows, and at the Dutch pen show, I think Dries went from the pencil case blog or someone else went and he asked not to have his picture taken. Um, so it's like he's the guy that everyone Serious. uses, but you can't get a hold of him to do the work. So I'm grasping for straws to help Bill out. And, you know, he, I, I just couldn't find an easy answer, but there has to be. There's so many. You know what? I should email Sarge the one man pin show and get some information from him. He would know he knows everybody and he's in, he's in the UK and he probably knows people all throughout Europe who, who could do this work. It was just not easy for me to find. Um, so if anyone has any information, I would be happy to take it and pass it on to bill because I think it's a great question. That's such a huge market. There has to be opportunities and options for fountain pen users in at least in the Western Europe side of things. Um, to get nib work done. It's got to be easy. So uh, y'all help me out here with this one. But um, yeah, I found that uh, super interesting how difficult it was for me to help Bill out here. All right, last one from our good friend and spectacularly quaffed Brian Hamilton. Do you have any... (laughs) I love Brian. Do you have any advice for writing text on dot grid paper? Writing on one row is too small for me, but two rows feels way too big. Brian is speaking my language here. Just live free, Brian. (laughs) Live free like me. (laughs) So, Brian, you can get different varying line widths, but I know that's hard. You got to put in the research to decide, okay, do I need four millimeters small, five millimeters width is standard and six or greater is wide. Maybe you need a six or greater to have the right spacing for your handwriting. You could customize it at blank slate paper. Our good friend, Dave will send a link. I, I don't think I sent that link to Brian. I may have answered him already on Twitter, but I like this question because this is something I fight with from time to time. And what I'll do is I'll try to write on one line, but I don't force myself into it. So sometimes I'll go taller 
um, like if I have one line and I'm writing on, I'll use, I'll skip a line because I know I'm going to like roll into that above space on, you know, like an L or a T or something like that. And it makes it a little bit easier to read. So, and that's on like standard five, five millimeter width dots. I I usually stay in between the line. Like I think the reticle grid that I just used for the field notes, I'd have to pull it back out and see what their spacing is. It looks like five millimeters. And I used a 0.5 gel ink pen and I stayed, uh, I used one line. I didn't skip any lines and it fit. So depending on your handwriting style, you can find some wider um, grids. But um, that's kind of, you know, like Mike said, you just kind of got to go with it. Sometimes it's okay to just skip a line um, when it gets really, really tight in there. I would not force yourself to write in that line because then it just gets messy and too tight and illegible after you're done with it. So. That's what I got. All right. Is that it for today? That is it for today, buddy. You need to go rest your voice. I apologize to everybody that I sound this way. This is not a a pleasure for you, so I apologize. You took took one for the team today. I appreciate it. You want to do the wrap-up? Yeah. (laughs) You can find Mike at iMike on Twitter. All of his podcasts on relay.fm including this one relay.fm forward slash pen addict this will be episode number 368 you can find all the links the show notes our advertisers on there who do an amazing job helping us produce this show and supporting us so we hope you support them too my name's brad you can find me at penaddict.com i'm on twitter at dowdyism d-o-w-d-y-i-s-m and i'm on instagram and twitch at penaddict so Until next week, say goodbye, Mike. Goodbye, Mike. Mike.